0: The One Player Podcast, the show on Solitaire Board Gaming. I'm your host Julius and this is episode two hundred and
1: twelve. Scooby Doo!
0: I'm not Shaggy. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Dib's Dibs not shaggy. (laughs) No, that one's a hard one. Hello everyone. (laughs) Hello hello Um, and welcome. Apparently,
0: Albert is much better at doing voices of Scooby Doo and probably various other animal creatures.
1: That's my my, my one trick, I think. <laughs> but today, oh, Cookie going... Monster,
0: go for it, Pretty Albert! i to hear this one.
1: Um. Oh gosh, I don't remember. Hello, kids. Today we're going to talk no, about the letters. Or... Oh no! No, uh, Denied. Sorry. <laughs> okay, I can't do Cookie Monster. But that's okay, because we're not talking about Cookie Monster today, other than
0: that aside. We are talking about the Scooby-Doo Escape from the Haunted Mansion. So this is an escape room type of game, um, where your goal is to make your way through the various puzzles, solve all the issues that you have in the Haunted Mansion, figure out who the bad guy is, and act like you're the Scooby-Doo characters from the show.
1: That's pretty neat. We had a Scooby-Doo game once, but it was not like that. It was a roll and move. It was a very simple game.
0: Not this one. This is no, an Escape crazy. the Room of one. And it feels very much like you're walking out of the show. So I think that about covers the general summary for the game. Albert, let's jump into the rules. I believe that you had an opportunity to look over this before we talked today, correct?
1: Yes, I looked over
0: it briefly. I did. So what are the general ideas that the rules tries to present is just the basics of how you navigate around the area about putting together numbers. Much of this is going to be about trying to find a four-digit code of whatever it is that you're doing. So if you're just having a person interact with a thing, then you use the number indicated for that person. So like Velma uses a one, so you'd stick a one on top of a three-digit code that you find. If you're trying to use two things together... Then you stick the two-digit code together with the one-digit code for the pair of items. Stick the number of the person that's doing it and behind it. And you get a four-digit code, and you get to look it up. So that the whole course of the thing, you're looking it up in one of five different books. So there's a book for each of the different characters. There's Fred, Scooby-Doo, Velma, Shaggy, and Daphne. So you have to look it up in each of the different books. The rules explain that general idea, and that you wander around the map, but really the basics for most escape rooms are pretty basic and i think that does a good enough job for explaining how it is that you use and interact with the pieces of the board game so i think that basically covers the rules there is though a hint chart on the back of the rule book and i will discuss my ideas about how the hints work when we get up to more of the gameplay
1: so yeah it's it's pretty straightforward and it's very colorful too which is nice and i like that they're there's books for each character too and books for each mm-hmm. character. that Indeed. is that, that's super cool
0: and i want to come back to that one get back to the components aspect but mm-hmm. first i want to talk about the theme so as you mentioned there have been other scooby-doo board games there's a scooby-doo game that is essentially 13 13 down and drive that i've seen which is that roll and move where you're wandering around trying to get things i've seen another scooby-doo game Um, which is more like a cooperative type game where you just have to... It's action selection type thing. So there are other Scooby-Doo ones. But I think that this one probably really captures the theme of a Scooby-Doo show much better than any of those other ones, mostly because there's an actual narrative that you're going through here. You have characters, you have puzzles, you have things that you're solving, and that's true of the show as well. So it strikes a very strong similarity with the flow and idea of the show similar to the show you have a spook that is causing trouble in the haunted mansion It's your goal to find out the secrets of the haunted mansion figure out who the spook is and that really matches the show now that unlike some of those other games in scooby-doo theme this is a play it only once once you've played it you can't go back and play it a second time so perhaps that's to the detriment of the fact that it has such a strong narrative but it is what it is So I think the theme, in summary, is very strong for the Scooby-Doo theme. I think they did the right thing by picking Scooby-Doo, especially since, for my kids at least, and probably for me as well, the fact that it's using something established as opposed to something like Unlock, there's a lot of story, there's a lot of depth and theme to it. So when I pulled this out with my kids, they immediately latched on to all of these different characters. They knew who they were, they knew who they wanted to be, and that was already invested for them, so using that theme was
1: a really good choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a nice nicely done.
0: So now let's move on to components. As Albert mentioned, one of the first aspects of the components is that each of the different characters has a different book. Um, there also are these little paper standees for the five different characters, and. There's no plastic involved in it. The way you put it on its stand is you fold the paper to make a T and just lay the flat of the T on it. Um, (laughs) In all honesty, I think that the biggest use of the character standees in general is just as a reminder of what each different character's number for the four-digit codes are, as opposed to actually taking the time to line them up and sort them how it is that you would theoretically have to do that just because it's finicky. There's no real reason mm-hmm. to do it. You shouldn't need to. And they're cheap little character standees. There's no real need to do it. Like
1: mm-hmm. But, you know, I appreciate that for a game you're only going to play once anyway, You don't. they don't spend a lot of money and raise the cost for, for something you never
0: true. use. Well, I have seen some pictures around. I'm honestly not sure where they came from. There are some deluxe figurines. Um I don't know where those came from, <laughs> That's true. I think I, I have, have a few
1: of, of them, too, actually. I think I have a couple characters that came from a, an old clue I found at a thrift store or something like that. Oh, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they, this game would be neat with them, if, you know, if it was worth it. <laughs> it would be fun.
0: Yeah. Um, there are also three different, I have to say, say decks, but it kind of is. There's a pile of envelopes, which are secret things, and you can't open the envelopes unless one of the entries in the books directs you to do that. Um, There's a deck of map cards, and there's a deck of other cards. Items, people, interactions, thing cards. Clue cards is what they call but it's others. Um... They're all in numerical order, which makes it easy for you to find them. You're not supposed to shuffle them and look at the other sides of them. And when something references put those out, you put those out. At the start of the game, you literally start with nothing. The very first entry that you're directed to go to in the game directs you which map tile you start with. You start with just one, and you grow the map or switch out the map over the course of the rest of the game. The map illustrations are clear. This there's an issue that you have with sometimes room games where there's a lot of pixel hunting where you have to find it. There may have been a puzzle or two, and I'll get to maybe some spoilers at the end of this, but there may have been a puzzle or two where there is some pixel hunting. But for the most part, even for that one, it's readily doable. It's not stuff that's too hard to find. And it's not like some other games where maybe the solution is a pixel hunt. It pretty clearly telegraphs to you. Do a pixel hunt. Find all the things. It's more like a find than a pixel hunt. You know exactly that you're now looking for pixels. So that issue with me was not present with the components. The components seemed relatively well designed. I think that maybe the narrative, though, was an issue for me, especially with the different stories. When you are instructed to set up, you hand out the narrative books intending to split them up so that as many people as possible could participate in looking at them. So, hmm. my kids, when they opened it up, so my daughter was like, I want to be Daphne, that's the one for me. And my son's like, I want to be the dog. I'm like, perfect.
1: <laughs> Great,
0: you <laughs> both get this book. Um, and we'll hold these other ones here until we use them when we start the game. And I think this is a fair warning. Um, you do not have all the characters and play it for much of the course of the game. So, If you decided, hey, I want to be Scooby-Doo, you're just going to sit there looking at this wonderful book in front of you and not get to read from it for a long course of the game. For us solo players, not an issue at all. That's that's convenient, yeah. Yeah, it's very (laughs) convenient because this is very much – this felt more like it was designed for solo than multiplayer because even though it says, like, there's multiple players and everyone should have a player – in all honesty, I would recommend don't do that. Take turns with all of them. Treat all the books as one. And just pretend you're playing solo and everyone together making decisions. Do not consider that one character, one person is playing one character. You're going to need to have all the characters. There'll be certain times where one person has everything and the others are getting bored. Just don't do that. Everything should be shared. And I think that the rules and descriptions sort of lead people a little bit astray when they're discussing I believe that I've probably covered through that all of the components, and I've even probably moved a little bit over into the gameplay, but let's officially declare that we're moving into the gameplay. Gameplay. You know, we should really get some of those.
1: Theme songs? Gameplay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, something like that. (laughs) So, for the gameplay, as mentioned, the idea is that you're always going to be on the lookout for these four-digit codes and each of the narrative books will have a four-digit code, and it's all keyed to whichever one it is. So all of Velma's start with a one. Um, So if it starts with a one, you'll look up a Velma's book and try and find it. There will be sometimes, similar to Unlock, Escape, the other type of ones, where you will be presented with something that looks like a four-digit code. It probably is. There are Mm. some that are just hidden four-digit codes. Or sometimes where you see a pair of two-digit two codes. The idea is, hey, that's a four-digit code. You'll look it up, and it does the thing because you found a hidden item or a secret aspect or whatever have you. Um, the game continues on through that, and at that point in time, I'm not going to be discussing spoilers. There is a hint system hmm. to the game, or at least I'm not discussing spoilers till at the end of the show. Um, there is a hint system to the game. The last page of the rules is a hint system, where what you do, you look up the location that you're currently in, and you look up the hints for it to see if you're doing it. When I saw that that was the hint system even reading it, I therefore assumed that there's about one puzzle per per room. It's not quite that regimented. But that's a pretty good assumption. (laughs) And then per room, there's there's a puzzle in that room. There's something to figure out. And the hints will sort of slowly, slowly lead you into what it is that you're doing. I thought that the hints, when we needed them, were relatively well designed. We didn't need them too much. Um, But when we got stuck, that was perfectly fine. The hints theoretically require you to use these Scooby Snacks in order to rate yourself. Where, if you use too many hints, or if you use a yellow hint specifically, you're required to cross off from the Scooby Snack Tracker, which is on the back of the rules. Not only do I not like writing in mine, um, mm-hmm. I felt no desire to want to do that at all. I didn't really want to grade myself. I just wanted to yeah. enjoy going through it to not really have that risk.
1: Yeah. With- from my experience, those grades are never that meaningful anyway in escape room style games. Uh-huh, exactly. Mm-hmm. They're always way harder than they, than they think it is. Than the and
0: without, without saying more about it, um, that is the only time you would have to write. So the game is completely replayable. They actually have online, both on the website for it and on BGG, a repacking list for where you put the secret what you put in the different secret envelopes so that you can repack it and pass it on to everyone else if you wanted to but there's no other writing that you need to do so that's all good
1: mm-hmm. um, I think that basically covers the gameplay of it. Any questions it? okay um, there's there's a couple questions I've got the there's the five characters you said they don't happen to be at different times each character has a different action. It's written on the character's card. Does the game feel thematic? Right, like uh, Shaggy's. I think Shaggy's action is uh, to eat. Mm -hmm. Does Um, Does that feel thematic when you're playing it, or is like?
0: Yes, because you will want to find things that Shaggy will want to eat and eat them. Scooby will want to smell things. Perhaps the hardest thing was the difference between Use and Investigate, which is <laughs> Velma versus Fred, because he'll be sometimes like, what exactly is Investigate? Isn't And also Research and Investigate. Investigate falls there pretty solidly as both, which is convenient, because if you don't have Daphne right now, probably then Investigate is good enough. And if you don't have Velma mm-hmm. the skin is probably good enough. So it felt like it was sort of designed to straddle the two because it replaces either one of the two when you don't have access to them. So sometimes you just sort of had to guess, and you would look at the thing and you're like, okay, we have right here a, making something up, we have right here a dog bone. <laughs> use everyone with it. Research it, eat it, use it, stole <laughs> it, investigate it. See if anybody pops something. Just go everybody through it. And <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad. It was definitely reminiscent of point-and-click adventures and other things where if you have <laughs> mm-hmm. tools and it's not really clear, and all of them could give you a hint, like yeah. investigate in all the different ways.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the the dog bone, you might eat it and I don't know, it's hallucinogenic or something and it advances a story, or you might research it and find out that it's got a brand name on the back of it or you just don't know until you try it.
0: I mean I'm not gonna give it any hints for the sort of stuff that, that sort of right, things right. happen. But for sure there were a lot of times that we found something that was just like use everyone with it. Everyone can do something <laughs> with it. Everyone should do something with it. If if something works, then we found something. But yeah, just do all mm-hmm.
1: of that. Okay. And there's some um, map tiles in the game that you add. Is there a Mm -hmm. sense of exploring and running back to different rooms to do things, or or not really? There is a
0: sense of exploration, mm -hmm. because over the course of it, you are instructed to put up more map tiles so the game will open up to you. You will often need to use stuff in old rooms to go back to the new rooms, but mostly it's, it's not like a Metrovania type thing. Or something from a later room opens something up in an earlier room. For the most part, when you finish a room, you finish that room and you've gotten everything you need out of it and you can move on to the next room, which is a good thing with escape rooms because if it would get too big, you'd sort of get lost among all the different things. So it stays relatively well segmented. There are some exceptions for that, but it telegraphs those exceptions pretty well and still limits the number of rooms that you can access.
1: Gotcha, okay, fair enough, yeah. I like how they do that in a lot of games where it, it'll just tell you, get rid of these cards, you're done with them.
0: Yeah, you don't oh, really well. get rid of them because you're still building a map. It's just yeah. that the stuff there is not interactable with it and there's new things that happen. So I like that. Okay. So it stays pretty well segmented. You do, you do keep a good pace through it. Now, the whole game does take... I don't know how long it would take for a more um, advanced person working alone. It took us about three hours to solve the entire thing. There oh, wow, is,
1: okay.
0: There is an official breaking point in the middle of it, possibly-ish. We ended up not using that official breaking point and went a little bit further. Then decided we were just like, um, we'll pick it up next time. And wrote down where we were and just packed it all up. So even though there's an official, and I say that with air quotes, an official <laughs> save point, you really can't practically save at any point in time. So you don't have to finish it all in one session. It can take as long as you want with it.
1: Okay. Yeah. That sounds- I, and I'm impressed that it's, it's that long of a game, because usually escape room games are like an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Three,
0: three, mm, yeah, sessions. and I think it has more puzzles than in an unlock or an exit.
1: Hmm. Okay, cool. Well, that answers one of my questions. I was going to say that the price seems a little bit high, and, and I was wondering if it was really worth that price, but, you know, it's I double the game that, for double the price? <laughs> it's not quite
0: double the game. Um, okay. But I think that the pricing, one, contributes because it has the license to it as opposed to an unlock. Mm, Two, yep. it has all of the secret envelopes. With an unlock or an egg. well, I guess less with an exit, But really with those ones, you're limited mostly to card components. You have just Mm -hmm. cards for your escape room. You have the big escape the box games, like the Werewolf Project, which has all sorts of other plastic components and mirrors and all sorts of different type things that you can get when you expand your medium outside of cards. This matches more like that type of game because since they're using those secret envelopes, there's a lot more things that they can do and put into it. Now then, there's nothing really particularly wild in those things. Like, there's no plastic components. And mostly it's just enhanced by the ability to use um, chipboard tokens and things like that in those envelopes. But the envelopes are neat. They definitely do add twists and new types of puzzles and new things to do. Um, We did not understand all the puzzles, but... The fact that they're in there means that the medium can be expanded. I do think that the extra cost was warranted because of those
1: things. Yep, okay. Yeah, it does not seem unreasonable.
0: And what is that price, by the way, that you're seeing?
1: The retail price is $30, but you could get it for 20 if you look online. Mm-hmm.
0: Which is only a little bit more than the retail price of 15 for something like an unlock.
1: Yeah. No, those I, now come through in a box of three.
0: That is right. true, yes. A box of three for, I think it's like 35.
1: 35, yeah. 35,
0: 40, yeah. Um, I do think that I still prefer really unlocks to this. I think that the use of the app and some of the things that they can do with unlock, as well as remaining more regimented to the cards, do allow the pace to continue going. I honestly prefer having a single puzzle still of being limited to an hour. I don't like having a save point in my escape <laughs> rooms i really would prefer like add two in the box if you really want to do that and just make it two distinct things and race for an hour even if i don't have mm-hmm. to hit the hour like that that feels nicer to me um less work to remember everything even when we paused we had to come back soon because we knew we wouldn't remember all of the things that we had seen that's what happened to us with monochrome inc as we took too long to pause and forgot stuff And then it went that to happen with this one. So I kind of prefer having just a one-session type of thing. So even though it's possible, I think that possibly is a detriment to me, and I wouldn't purchase it because
1: of that. It's interesting.
0: Yeah, I I don't doubt that. But I do like the fact that you do have those cardboard components and it does allow to come up. And again, I like... The narrative that this one has done i think it's possibly a stronger narrative than i've seen with not possibly it is a strong narrative stronger than i've seen with many other exit or unlock puzzles mm-hmm. and it tells a very good narrative story of
1: course okay and i imagine like you said it's because there's already an ip and everybody knows what's what the story's about and, and all the character build is already yeah, but- there even without it, play. I think that
0: it's not a matter of that. It just it, it tells a good story with characters and involvement and discussion.
1: Huh, okay, well, cool. Yeah.
0: It just does, even without just straight relying on the Scooby Doo theme. I think it just does tell a strong story.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So I would give it a passing grade. I'd say it's good. It's it's approved.
1: Nice. Okay, were the puzzles challenging? Like you said, you played it with your kids, but your family's used to playing a lot of escape rooms.
0: My family is used to playing a lot of escape rooms. I will say that we played it with my kids, but that still treats it more of like a solo experience where I'm just involved. (laughs) Okay. The puzzles are perfectly fine for me. I think that they're about on average. There's some that are harder. There's one that was particularly hard and i will discuss it when we start doing spoilers um
1: i think uh, your laundry's done
0: <laughs> oh is that coming through
1: yeah i, I recognize that was about to i said who's doing laundry in my house i am the one that does it that's so weird <laughs> i do the laundry too okay yeah <laughs> that's anyway, so funny i recognize
0: we have it. the same one <laughs> Alrighty,
1: sorry about that couldn't help it
0: that's fine um and i'm sure it's going to confuse everyone who listens to this
1: <laughs> yeah i may leave it in oh please don't. so in that case let's keep let's keep going we didn't mention it but this game is made by uh, usaopoly true probably we should probably mention publishers once in a while and heck designers <laughs> if we can shame on us really so it's a neat game um Are sounds like you designer? enjoyed it
0: having said that <laughs> the designer is Jake Cormier and Senfun Lin.
1: Okay. So it is um, credited. That's neat.
0: I did enjoy it. I did think that it was a fun game. I would recommend it, but I don't think that it's my favorite
1: escape room type game. Gotcha. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Very cool. All right. So um, you said you with, might share some spoilers? With this, yes. Let's put up the spoiler shield. Okay. From here on in, I'm
0: going to be discussing some elements of the game that have spoilers.
1: Okay. And if you don't want to hear them, you could just stop listening now and tune out. You're only going to miss in the end credits and how to contact us. Which is like everyone's still here. (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I think. Yeah. Uh, Maybe. Um, So let me talk about a couple components. Or a couple puzzles that I just really detest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The first one was the vents. Um, at one point in time, you have a puzzle involving vents, where over the course of the game, so you're building out this map, and I said that for the most part, you don't go back and reinteract with things. Um, vents is kind of an interesting one because you do. When you get Scooby back on the team, you're able to use Scooby to crawl through the vents and smell things from within the vents. And your job is to take these vents, these cardboard tokens that are strange shapes, sort of like spaghetti type shapes, and you have to find a way to arrange the green vents with these tiles all across the rooms there's four different vents across the board and you have to find a way to arrange the tiles to figure out how to line them all up so that the ductwork work matches the map and if you manage to do that then scooby-doo can successfully navigate around the vents and you can use it to smell stuff in <laughs> the rooms and find a clue oh I like it. I so this is this, this is this um
1: this puzzle these little tiles were in one of the envelopes and i guess
0: Yes, they were in one of the envelopes. And I just hated this puzzle. Mm-hmm. I had to—I ended up having to brute force this puzzle um, by just saying, okay. I know that I need to be in this room, and it's only one of these three options. So which one is it? And I just ended up having to brute force it. I hate the fact that I had to brute force it, because otherwise it was a neat trick for a puzzle. Mm-hmm. But I just could not figure out for the life of me, how you were supposed to get these vents lined up. And this is the sort of thing that's simply a hint system. Cannot help you figure it out because it says line it up. Like, how? (laughs) I just could not figure it out. And you're lining up a bunch of independent little pieces of cards with a bunch of independent tokens. It was the easiest thing to bump one of those things out of line (laughs) <laughs> and is this really on the right space? Like, it doesn't snap to the tile, so I'm not sure if it's really in the right space. Maybe it just has to touch the vent anywhere to be good. Or, I, for the life of me, I could not figure it out. I, Gosh, I okay. I hated this
1: puzzle. I could see that just... being frustrating, yeah. Man. Oh. I do appreciate that the mini games are, are different. I mean, that's what this is, right? It's a little minigame in the game. Mm-hmm. And it, it's different than the rest of the stuff. It's no longer a... Trying to get the numbers to figure out the clues type of thing. Mm -hmm. Correct.
0: So one other thing, you spoke about it being regimented and you move through things. Um, One of the envelopes, so at one point in time, it will start to tell you, hey, you can set the contents of envelope aside. It never does that with a map, but it will sometimes tell you to do it with an envelope. Um, And then when you're switching to chapter two, it will run you through and say, hey, make sure – you found all these envelopes. If you haven't found all of these envelopes and all of these clues, take them all out of their respective decks. Sorry, you're SOL. You just missed. And you lose a Scooby Snack for each one of them. Um, Mm. I kind of wish (laughs) I would have had a chance to experience some of that when I swapped to it because there were a couple things like, I have no idea how or where or why this particular thing came out. And at this one time, you're showing it to me So at this point in time, I can sort of do the backwards legwork to figure out, oh, here's where it probably came from. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sure. Just brute force that to me.
1: So it's a missed opportunity. Yeah. You don't get to to, do the puzzle.
0: To give a a little bit of a better hint. But yeah, you just don't get to do that puzzle. The solution is just being shouted at you.
1: Mm.
0: Um, But some of those components don't ever really get put away. And in fact, some of them continue to get used over and over again. Specifically, I'm referencing the dartboard. There was this dartboard that you can line up with various different things to interact because it was both a code ring type puzzle, but then it also lined up with another puzzle to target things. And it was a little cardboard dartboard, and it was used (laughs) a couple times through different puzzles. And there were a couple times where I just like, we used it. Good, we set it aside. Ah, wait, later on. I know i'm missing something there's a circle here you can put the circle <laughs> on and it does more things still got so it. that part was not quite regimented especially as it interacts with other things which were regimented and i just didn't realize it.
1: this is the point and click type part where where you got a dartboard that just doesn't make any sense it goes everywhere <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly okay um the last puzzle that I'm going to complain about is the garden maze puzzle. At one point in time, you have everyone get free, or most everyone get free. I think it's three characters get free. And then everyone gets stuck in garden maze. And in order to get through this garden maze, you have to go character by character move a person around to get from place to place. And you're only allowed to move a character onto a color space if no other character is on that color space. So your goal is to get a character all the way to the end to get the crucial clue. And if you could do Mm. that, you get the clue. Otherwise, everyone gets stuck and reset the puzzle. This was a deadlock puzzle because you just sort of have to solve it by messing with the pieces. But until someone solves it, no one else can go on to do other things because you have to literally pick up all the other character pieces and do that. There's nothing else to solve at that point in time. And there's it's just messing with the pieces. I don't think, at least it's not possible for me. I mean, maybe if you're the chess lady, you can sort of visualize it in your mind and be like, that one there, 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 that one there. Solution, we did it. We got all the way to the end. Maybe you could do that but really it's just a matter of sitting and messing with it. So one person has to sit and mess with it. And if you're doing this with kids – You're that person. It's not a matter of you're that person. Everybody wants to give it a shot, and everyone wants to give it a shot now, and everyone has an idea of like, okay, I did it. Fine, someone else can try. But wait, I had no idea. No, they can't. can't, Yeah, that that
1: could – time trap there. You yeah. Good stuff. Once you go back and try to do the source puzzle. S- puzzle again. It was unpleasant because <laughs> it got
0: you stuck somewhere where only one person could do the puzzle at the time. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, there were a lot of other puzzles which s- sort of are similar except that they're not really... They didn't feel as locked to me. So, like, for instance, there's another puzzle that I liked which was the skeleton key puzzle which you had to get some Tetris pieces and you had to line them up so that you can, again, get like a four—it's three-digit code out of the puzzle pieces, and then you would research that to make a four-digit code. Um, and so the Skeleton Key puzzle was fun. Again, it was just a matter of messing around the pieces, but there were, you were able to go look around the board and investigate like them while you were doing that. So the other people were still allowed and encouraged to look around the board and find other puzzles and clues. It didn't take nearly as long. It didn't feel as much of a sticking point. And it itself was a very fun puzzle. So that was an example of a fun puzzle. I will say even some puzzles I really liked, even though I missed it. Like, you would, <laughs> I had a look at the hint, and after you told me the hint, I thought, oh, cool. Like, for example, there was another one which had various animals framed, and you had to figure out based on that frame and where different Elements of that frame ended up elsewhere, and the shape of it. Which frame, Which animal was the dead guy's favorite? And that was really fun. I, I like that puzzle, too. So there were a lot of really good puzzles in there, but there are definitely a couple puzzles that were just my favorite. Being that the game is the equivalent of two unlocks, and I think there were maybe two that I just really didn't like, and that's probably true for a set of unlocks, um mm-hmm. has a pretty good overall hit rate.
1: Yeah, that doesn't sound too bad. I mean, yeah, there's a couple of puzzles you didn't like here and there, but that that's okay. But yeah, overall, it was a pretty
0: good time. Yes, exactly. But I did really want to mention those two puzzles: the garden maze and the vent puzzle.
1: Yep. And imagine if you're not playing solo, that's okay because another person could do the puzzle you don't like. He said, "I don't really want to work on this one." Yeah, I
0: that works. Another person Probably. can if you're playing solo.
1: But if, you, if you're not playing solo, if you're playing solo, then it's all on you, yeah. And you're, you're if you're playing to solo,
0: solo, it's all on you. And I think they're probably the at least the garden maze is completely solved in that case. The vent maze still has its problems. Yeah. If you're not playing solo, everyone go take a glass of tea while I solve this puzzle. <laughs> you know, talk amongst yourselves.
1: Yep, I, I remember playing Deckscape and having that come up a couple times. Where there was a puzzle in it that I just couldn't care for, didn't care for, and like, oh, I don't really want to do this, but you know, I you got to do it so you can move forward. Because I'm playing by myself. Yep, yep. Well, very cool. Okay, so now you have spoiled the game for me. I would not be playing it. (laughs) Not that I was gonna. Honestly, not that I was gonna. But it does sound neat, honestly. It does sound like a fun game, especially if you appreciate Scooby-Doo. I think most people probably do. It is pretty fun. Nice. I wonder if they'll make more. Do you know if the, they've made any other Escape Room games at USAopoly? The Quoted um, Chronicles game.
0: They have made other Quoted Chronicles. I think even
1: this one countenances that there's more. Interesting. Okay. Okay, see they've got two of them. ooh and the other one is The Shining. Escape yeah. Room, The Overlook Hotel. Just to,
0: I was about to say, I found it. Cool,
1: yeah, the second that one. one. Don't spoil that one. That one I'd play. Um, I have not. <laughs> You're not playing that one with your kids anyway.
0: No, for sure not. <laughs> but I don't think I've seen the movie until I you the honest truth.
1: Yeah, oh, it's good. It really is a good movie. I saw it a few years back at, the, at a theater in San Francisco. That was fun. No idea. It's a good theater movie. But I think before we get
0: off rails talking about our various movies and things, let us say good night to the listeners.
1: All right, listeners, until next time. Adios. Adios. wait what do they say at the end of the scooby-doo show Uh, i don't know Um, good one shaggy
0: Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG, and Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractalune on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number 1, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus can be found at Jamendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduche Pancaldi, whose page is at donpancaldi.com. The one-player podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-like license. Thanks for listening.